Packers are all looking. Deep pattern. Downfield. Touchdown, Miami. What a throw. Devontae Parker. Holy smokes. What a drive. What is up, Dolph fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins' official podcast network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins, each and every day. How's it going, everybody? It is Wednesday. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it's preview day. We'll take a look at the matchups, the stats, the personnel, the scheme, and all you need to know before kickoff on Sunday. We'll take a look at some of the similarities between these two foes and hear from Coach Flores on defending fullbacks, Xavier Howard and Stephon Gilmore, a pair of the NFL's best cornerbacks, and wrap this thing up with some player media availability. All of that and more on this Wednesday, December the 16th edition of the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Hey Dolphins fans, the new year starts now at AutoNation. Let's skip the rest of 2020 and get to big New Year savings on your favorite AutoNation Chevys, Fords, Toyotas, Hondas, and a whole lot more. Shop safely at the AutoNation store near you or AutoNation.com and save now. Today, I want to take a, a good look at this Patriots team and this Dolphins-Patriots game in general and talk about some of the similarities and the key to beating a familiar opponent that you've played twice a year and you're so comfortable, or not comfortable, but familiar with. But first, some of the similarities. Both the Dolphins and Patriots are number one and number two in terms of man coverage deployment, calling it at the highest rates in the National Football League. That comes from Pro Football Focus. They both operate and cover one similarly high. That's a single high safety patrolling the middle of the field with man coverage across the board. Now, that's not all these two teams are. As we saw Sunday, Few teams can mix it up like the Dolphins do, like Brian Flores and Josh Boyer do, but in a league of expanding multiplicity, every team has certain things that they do more so than other things and kind of their, I guess, identity or their principles, and you can see it with this team based upon how they're constructed, both of these teams. I want to first start here with the video I put in top news earlier this week with Dan Orlovsky of ESPN talking about the Dolphins' defense, how it's not really replicatable unless... Is that a word, replicatable? Unless you make the roster building commitment in the offseason the way the Dolphins did, going out and signing Byron Jones to pair with Xavier Howard. The top three safeties on the roster all have cover experience with McCann and Rowe being former NFL cornerbacks and Brandon Jones having more slot reps last year at Texas than anywhere else on the football field. Signing multiple defender, and I'm using air quotes there, as he likes to be called in Kyle Van Noy because he doesn't really have a position. He plays all over the defense to help mix up your fronts and your blitz packages and the two sturdy, powerful ends off either side in Lawson and Ogba. But it does start with those cornerbacks, as Orlovsky said here on KJZ on ESPN. Miami's got two corners that are incredibly physical. You know, uh, Howard and Jones are physical, long, violent corners. Three interceptions, box score. I get it. Two of them are on tips. Okay, one of them is a ridiculous play by Van Ginkle to get down on the ground, tip the ball up, and the other one is a ball off a tailback's hands. It's a little high and hot, but so, you know, that you got to take into context. And then that Howard interception, the one-hander is a great play. I don't think that there's a lot that teams are going to take that, my, that Miami did that you, you can kind of replicate. You got to have the corners to do it. They don't. You got to have the exotic pressures. That, that Miami does, and a lot of teams don't, and so... 
And then he begins to go on talking about the Chiefs from their perspective in that game. But what he said is something the Patriots have done for as long as I can remember. They've almost always had top-shelf cornerback play, even when you go back to when they had Troy Brown out there playing legitimate cornerback positions back in their early Super Bowl days. And when the league started to tilt towards nickel as the base defense with the introduction of more 11 personnel in the NFL, one running back, one tight end, three wide receivers, when that became the norm in the NFL, the Patriots have always found a way to get three deep at that position. And they are right now with Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, and really it's four deep because Jason McCourty has played 530 snaps and Jonathan Jones has played 564 snaps. So four cornerbacks that can go out there and lock guys down one-on-one individual matchups and they give you strength in those matchups across the board. We've seen them say goodbye over the years to Richard Seymour, Willie McGinnis, most recently Trey Flowers as they round out that front seven with versatile players through the draft, guys like Chase Winovich, for instance, and put a strong emphasis into that secondary, like signing Gilmore to that big contract a few years back. And so that's where we go between Xavier Howard and Stephon Gilmore. And Brian Flores has coached both these guys, so he was asked at his Wednesday press conference about some similarities between these two very, very high-level cornerbacks. You know, they're both very competitive, uh, obviously very talented. Um, both have very good ball skills. Both both excellent players. So, uh, And they're both team-first guys. They'll be the first to tell you that it's not about, um, you know, their uh, – you know, personal situation, but more about the team. So both both excellent players. So Xavier leads the NFL in both interceptions and passes defensed. We know the nine interceptions, 17 pass defensed uh, for Xavier Howard. And the passer rating against him is second best in the NFL among qualifying cornerbacks per pro football focus. Last year, for the first time in a decade, a cornerback in Stephon Gilmore won Defensive Player of the Year award, and he did it with six interceptions and 20 passes defense, so a few less interceptions, and Xavier on track to get that many pass breakups. Now, Gilmore allowed just 49% completion rate. X is at 49.3 this season, and the yardage allowed is pretty similar with X on pace to surrender just a little bit more than what Gilmore gave up last year. Another similarity between these two teams is the use of a fullback. We know Chandler Cox on the roster. He's played some this year. And Jakob Johnson for the Patriots has the second most snaps played among fullbacks. And we'll jump into this here in the preview in just one second. But I want to first go ahead and let Coach talk about the difficulties of facing a fullback. And is it more challenging in 2020 since not as many teams operate with a fullback? Here's Coach on that. It, it can be challenging. I mean, they had a fullback. They had a gap. They had a they basically add a gap. So, um, you know, defensively, it's something that, you know, we've seen. You know, we have a fullback as well. So uh, we've seen the, uh, you know, those types of plays. Uh, but they do a good job in the run game. Uh, they, they really do. Um, and they've been able to, uh, you know, pick up chunks of yardage. And I want to say they're you know, top five in the league in the rushing. Um, so they've done a good job from that standpoint. The fullback's a big, big part of that. So, um we're going to have our work cut out for us um, as far as you know, getting that defended. Uh, those are the things we'll be preparing for all week, um, as well as the rest of the things they do. I mean, this isn't just a running football team. They've got play action. They've got drop back. They've got, you know, they lead the league in screen yardage. Um, and then, you know, they play well defensively in the kicking game also. So it'll be a tough, tough test. I did not know that about the screen yards there. Good good factoid there from Coach about defending the screen pass as the Patriots, again, have done for so so long. They've done that so well in the screen game. 
And so with that, let's go ahead and jump into the Miami Dolphins versus New England Patriots Week 15 preview. If you guys want to see the written element of this up on MiamiDolphins.com, we have it there with some more factoids and notes and nuggets on this game. And, you know, I, I was always, I'm always looking for a good way to begin a, seri- a, a story. I think the lead is obviously what kind of hooks the reader. And <laughs> I was, I try to avoid cliches, but in this game, I, I think you have to go back to it. You have to throw out the record books when these two teams get together, especially when it comes to playing in this building at Hard Rock Stadium in December. The Dolphins have five victories since 2013 against the Patriots in Hard Rock Stadium. And that's a 5-2 and two record with four of those wins coming in the final month of the calendar. Of course, this game will take place on Sunday, December the 20th, 1 o'clock Eastern, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. 78 degrees, 66% humidity, 7 mile per hour winds. Dolphins 8-5, and five, Patriots 6-7. and seven. And with that record, a Dolphins victory would continue that particular trend in December, but the win would buck another. Beating the Patriots on Sunday would secure a superior record for Miami to that of their rival from the North for the first time since 2002. Standing in the way of that accomplishment is one of the league's most well-coached teams that rarely beats itself and has a penchant for capitalizing on the mistakes of their opponent. And we jump right into the matchup highlights here. Number one, you have to stop the run with this football team. You heard Coach Flores talk about it. They are more than just the running game, but that's where it starts with this team. And the week one meeting between Miami and New England probably feels like an eternity ago. For me, it does. On a football timeline, it kind of was. Week one versus week 15, it's it's different eras, basically. I mean, the Patriots ran the ball for 217 yards on 42 rushing attempts. That's 5.17 yards per carry. And giving the NFL their first real glimpse of what Josh McDaniels would do with this new quarterback in Cam Newton going from Tom Brady for so many years, two decades there in New England to Cam Newton, a big contrast in style. And Newton's 113 carries this year are third most among all NFL quarterbacks. You can probably guess who else, Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson, one and two in that category. But since the week one game, the Dolphins defense has tightened up significantly against the run, allowing nearly half of that season opening total at 112.2 rushing yards allowed per game on average. And the Dolphins defensive tackle play has a lot to do with the production of the run defense. Raquan Davis and Zach Sealer are tied for fifth with Davis and first respectively there for Zach Sealer among interior defensive linemen in run stops since week nine per pro football focus. That kind of reminds me of one of those stats from major league. You know, Almani is batting 238 in the month of September with left-handers on the mound and the moon in Sagittarius. But it does contribute back to how Those guys have elevated their level of play to go along with Christian Wilkins, who missed two games over that period, but he's ranked seventh for the entire season in that category with 25 tackles within two yards of the line of scrimmage. So those three guys up front, I talked about it on Twitter and top news the other day, or no, it was inside the numbers where I talked about how all three of these guys are under contract for the foreseeable future with Davis obviously in his rookie season, Christian Wilkins in year two of that rookie contract, and Zach Seeler just got an extension through the 2023 season. But I think these three guys have contributed big time to the improvements in the run defense. And both Wilkins, who is fifth, and Davis, who is ninth, they both rank top 10 in ESPN's run stop win rate up on ESPN. So good stats there for you. And only the 49ers, we talked about this, utilize a fullback more than the Patriots. The Niners rushed for 128 yards in that week. Week five loss to the Dolphins, but 37 of those yards came on one Raheem Mostert run. So Miami did pretty good throughout the course of the rest of the game to put the Niners in long yardage situations 
And that led to what? Several takeaways in that game as the Dolphins thwarted that two-back offense with Kyle Juszczyk and Raheem Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson and all the backs they have there in San Francisco to create those third long opportunities. And on third and seven or longer, New England is converting only 20% clip compared to 57% conversions on third and six or shorter. So getting that run game stopped, forcing third longs will be a big key in this game. Up next, special teams and ball security. We've we've heard Coach Flores talk about the kicking game relentlessly, and we know who else has a big, big affinity for special teams up there in New England with Bill Belichick. Both the Patriots and Dolphins, as a result, have top three special teams units. According to, pro, uh, to Football Outsiders DVOA metric, the Patriots scored on a punt return and a blocked field goal return in their 45-to-zip shutout of the Chargers back in Week 13. But the Patriots have a history of putting clamps on a rookie quarterback. And here's where the ball security comes in. The over Belichick's career with the Patriots, first year signal callers are just five and 20 against the Patriots over those 21 seasons. Fortunately for Miami, all five of those victories came away from Gillette Stadium where Belichick is unbeaten against rookie quarterbacks. He did put together a great road game scheme the other day or the other week that stumped Chargers rookie quarterback Justin Herbert to the tune of his season low 43.7 passer rating in that game. The Patriots have a plus seven turnover margin in their six victories this year. And in the seven losses, that number dips to negative six. So, I mean, the name of the game's takeaways, right? So a big key in this game, protecting the football and winning on special teams. And finally, number three, taking what the defense gives you. Tua Tungavailoa took ownership for some of the mistakes that he felt he made in the game on Sunday, just talking about how he didn't do enough to take what the defense gave him early on in the football game. And so I kind of wanted to look at the passes thrown under 10 yards through the air. And this season, Tonga Vailoa is 76 of 95 with 617 passing yards, six touchdowns and no interceptions on those throws 10 yards and in. He's also 42 of 74 against the Blitz with 413 yards, six touchdowns, one interception and a 94.0 passer rating against the Blitz per PFF. And the Patriots, normally a team that likes to ratchet up the pressure, but this year they're blitzing at the ninth lowest clip 24% of the time they bring an extra pass rusher they play six defensive backs at the fifth highest rate in the league they use dime or uh, dime personnel 28.2% of the time and nobody uses more seven defensive backs packages in the NFL 148 up next in that category the Giants use seven DBs 51 times this season so the Patriots almost three times as much as the second place team with seven defensive backs on the field so you're going to get a lot of opportunities where they're gonna not they're gonna play coverage. They're gonna have seven guys back in coverage and and force Tua to find soft spots and find openings and they can mix that man zone hybrid look and just do so much to confuse a young quarterback and get pressure through their schemes, through their their stunts, their games up front. It's gonna be a tough, tough challenge for a young quarterback, and I'm excited to see how Tua can handle it on Sunday. As far as their scheme, the Patriots, they are 26th in scoring offense, 24th in total offense fifth in rushing and 29th in passing. And this is Josh McDaniel's 16th season with the Patriots. And he's in year number nine of his second stint with the team as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, a few teams have been able to match the flexibility and adaptability of this Patriots offense under McDaniel's tenure. And this season, no team has more rushing attempts than the Patriots 427. So they love to run the football. They also lead the league in snaps out of 21 personnel. We talked about this. Jakob Johnson, two running backs, one tight end, and two receivers 
who, and Johnson has those 314 snaps played. That's second to Kyle Juszczyk up there in San Francisco. Defensively, New England ranks 7th in scoring, 10th in total defense, 23rd in rushing defense, and 8th in passing defense. They can get after on the back end of the secondary, and they can move bodies off the line of scrimmage with that offensive line, two of their staples on this team. And despite blitzing just 24% of the time on defense, their 27.4 pressure rate is 3rd best in the NFL per pro football reference. This matchup's going to be fun to watch. It's a good, a good clash of styles between the Patriots and the Dolphins. And we also are getting close to an even point here in terms of the season series. The Dolphins lead the all-time series against the Patriots, 56-54. to That includes the playoffs. But Miami are 38-18 all-time at home against New England. And Tungavailoa threw his first interception of the season last week. That broke a streak of 152 consecutive passes without a pick. It was the third longest streak in Dolphins history. Not a bad start to his career. But after the interception, he bounced back. He completed 19 of 31 passes for 204 yards and a touchdown after his first career interception. We talk about Xavier Howard a lot. Let's go ahead and finish up with a note here on him. His next pick will be his 10th. That would tie a franchise record that has stood since 1967 with cornerback Dick Westmoreland. The Dolphins entered week 15 for the league or tied for the league lead with 25 takeaways on the season. And they have the best third down defense at 33.1% conversion, man. Going through this preview, going through and looking at the Patriots and comparing these two sides, it got me so much more pumped for Sunday. Now I feel like we're over the hump. It's Wednesday. On to the Patriots. I can't wait for this game. Let's go ahead and kick off player media availability with Dolphins center Ted Karras, who first was asked about the fourth quarter offensive production the Dolphins had in the game against the Chiefs and some of the the cast of characters who stepped in in place of the injured Devontae Parker and Joaquin Grant and Mike Gesicki with Lynn Bowden, Malcolm Perry, and Mac Hollins and Adam Shaheen and those guys stepping up and making plays to get 17 points on the board in that fourth quarter, as well as the leadership and ability for Tua to, to help himself in that regard to make that push in the fourth quarter. Here's Dolphins captain and center Ted Karras on that fourth quarter performance and the Dolphins next man up mentality they have. Oh, we made it a game at the end. I think that, you know, uh, it was a tough, hard-fought game. Obviously didn't do enough to win, especially in the third quarter. But Tua really, you know, showed some great leadership, a lot of grit. I think the whole offense did. I think our whole team did, you know, coming back and, and making it a game at the end. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of plays that you know, I wish I could have back personally, and I'm sure a lot of guys feel the same way. But, um, you know, we're working hard, and, you know, now we're on to, you know, New England here and getting ready to roll in, in, a, in a biggest game of the year. And no need for any introductory analysis on this next question for Ted Karras because he was asked about something we opened the podcast with and the similarities between these two defenses and how that might help or maybe, you know, be a challenge for the Dolphins offense this Sunday against the Patriots. It's pretty similar. Obviously, there's going to be some nuances. Um, You know, a lot of the structure may be the same, but they have a a lot of really good players. So do we. I think that, you know, um, we're both matched up pretty well against each other, and we're you know kind of in the in the same family of defenses at least. Um, and, and we've had some preparation, but it's all going to come down to you know in-game adjustments and how we've prepared throughout the week, and then when we get on the sideline after you know after a drive, whether we score or not, making adjustments to see what uh, you know what they've declared they're going to do in the game. So um, that's where we're focused. I think it's going to be a great game, and, and we're ready to roll. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Ted for my question for him uh, regarding Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks and how that can be a challenge for Tua in this game and how Ted has a role this week to help get Tua and the offense prepared. Here's Ted on his role going up against this Patriots defense on Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium. 
Yeah, my main job, you know, mostly every week is identifying the fronts and helping him, uh, um, you know, identify the mic point. Obviously, as an O-line, you know, we're going to have to do our part in protection and the run game to make him feel comfortable. Um, you know, I think that Coach Belichick is obviously, you know, one of the, you know, greatest coaches uh, to, to be around the league. And, and um, you know, he schemes it up really well. And, he you know, he, he knows his opponents and, and tries to exploit their weaknesses. So, um, you know, we're going in with a good plan. I have a, you know um, – we feel confident with our game plan, but it's on us as players to go execute. Let's go a little further out along the line there to a player that plays both in line and flexes out in Durham Smythe, Dolphins tight end, who was asked about the possibility of having an expanded role if Mike Gesicki cannot go on Sunday after his injury against the Chiefs. Here's Durham Smythe talking about kind of having the same approach every week, knowing the entire game plan that so that in case of emergency, break glass in case of emergency situation, he can step in and fulfill whatever role is asked of him. Well, I think at this level, uh, you kind of have to go into every week with the same mentality. Um, and that's kind of something that I've, I've tried to do, you know, since college is just know the entire uh, game plan, um, every role within, uh, within our tight end room. So, I mean, from that standpoint, uh, just kind of status quo in terms of, uh, in terms of knowing everyone's role. And speaking of Mike Gesicki, I think if you don't know by now, those two guys are best friends, he and Durham Smythe, and they, they came into the NFL together in 2018, the same draft class, and you can kind of tell a little bit of ribbing here between Durham and Mike and the best friend relationship they do have, because here's Durham talking about coming into the league with Mike Gesicki and watching the ev- evolution of his game, his development from year one now to year three. He makes a little joke here at the beginning about Mike going in the second round, Durham going in the fourth, and then gives us a great answer about the evolution of Mike Gesicki's game. Well, first of all, you mentioned the second round, fourth round thing. I tell them every day that they made a mistake in that regard, and it should have been the other way around. Uh, I stand by that. Uh, so that, that was uh, obviously an organizational mistake, but um, I guess it's worked out in the long run here. Uh, no, but I mean, he's, I mean, I've known he's, he's had this in him since we first got here. Uh, um, he's progressed a lot in terms of, you know, strength, understanding the game and things like that, but he's always had this ability. I knew that from day one. Um, and you know, this year he just kind of was able to show it on a consistent basis, uh, things that I, you know, I've seen for the last three years, everyone's starting to see now. Um, actually was just talking to him a little while ago. Uh, I know pro bowl voting starts today and I mean, I'm doing everything I can to get that guy in because I think he's, he's more than deserving of it this year. So um, it's, it's been fun to watch and, uh, you know, I think it'll only continue from here. Let's go ahead and finish up this Wednesday podcast here with starting quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, who was asked about the challenge of facing a Bill Belichick defense, that Patriots defense with all those players, all that scheme, all the pedigree and success they've had over the years. Here's Tua talking about the Patriots defense. I would say I'm pretty uh, familiar. You know, I grew up watching the Patriots play, you know, in a lot of the Super Bowls, um, I would also say, you know, I, I've seen Bill a good amount at Alabama. You know, him and Nick are pretty good friends. So um, I, I would say very similar in a way with, I guess, Coach Saban with how, how they go about doing things. But I know that there's going to be a lot of challenges that um, his defense has to offer our offense, and we just got to be prepared this week for those. You hear Tua talk about all those challenges, all the different mixing of, we talk about the praise for the different fronts and coverages and blitz game or blitz packages and games up front. Going to be the same story with the Patriots defense over there. They do a great job of mixing things up. Up next here with Tua. And we referred to on the earlier portions of this podcast, some of the similarities between these two teams as far as schematics and styles go on the defensive side of the football. Tua was asked about seeing this defense from the Dolphins scout team and practice, getting a good look at it. 
and really getting that repetition down as far as what the Dolphins might see with the looks the Patriots give them on Sunday. Here's Tua on playing against that Patriots defense. I think our, our scout team does a does a good job um, helping prepare us offensively for, for the games. It's all dependent on, on the looks that we're going to get. And, you know, I think the scout team does a good job at that. Uh, but there's always going to be new things that are going to pop up, whether it's a front or um, something happens in the back end. You just got to be prepared for it and, um, you know, adapt to that change on the fly. And up next, Tua was asked about some comments that Patrick Mahomes made after the game regarding the performance of your Dolphins rookie starting quarterback and was really complimentary about Tua's composure being down on the scoreboard 20 points and not trying to execute the 20-point play that doesn't exist. We heard the coaching staff talk about that in the Tuesday press conference. There's no such thing as an 18-point play on the field, and so Tua did more to, to take what the defense gave him in that game. Here's Tua on the on where that trait comes from, if it's inherent within him, and how he's able to, to process things and move at that pace and really manage the flow of the football game. I would say that's that's been our, our motto or our little mantra offensively is you take it one play at a time. Um, you know, how can you do your best job on just this particular play um, moving forward? So it, it's really just the one play at a time mentality. Um, and if the play doesn't go well, then really it's the next snap, um, you know, next play mentality. Um, but I, I think a lot of credit goes to our coaches and helping us, preparing us for um, those things where we're in passing situation. These guys are going to get back, you know, take what they give you. They give you a flat, they give you a flat. If they give you a deep route, they give you a deep route. So truly take what the defense gives you. Let's go ahead and finish up here with Tua with a question about the loss of Mike Gesicki in the game on Sunday and the elevation of players that came up and, and played a bigger role in the game on Sunday and Tua's opportunity here to kind of grow and expand his leadership role and help these help the other guys come up and, and be productive in the offense as well. Yeah, I think it's hard to replace, you know, a guy like Mike. Um, you know, it's also hard to replace any of these guys, like Devontae, Jakeem. Um, but it's it's next man up. And, you know, the, the guys that, that are ready to play, they're, they're hungry to play. And uh, this is just an opportunity for them as well. Um, you know, this is great time for for me as a quarterback to you know show my leadership to these guys these um, new guys and then also work my timing with them and so there he goes your Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa for the rest of these press conferences you can check them out on the Miami Dolphins YouTube page as well as MiamiDolphins.com before we get out of here for today we have the Wednesday injury report for you for your Miami Dolphins Mike Gesicki and Bobby McCain the only two players who did not practice on Wednesday we had one, two, three, four, five, six players were limited participants on Wednesday's practice. Running back Savon Ahmed, guard Eric Flowers, receivers Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker, both limited, and linebackers Elandon Roberts and Kyle Van Noy were limited in practice on Wednesday. We had some players that were full participants. That list includes Tua Tungavailoa, Shaq Lawson, Solomon Kinley, Austin Jackson, Xavier Howard, and Kayvon Frazier. For the rest of the Patriots injury report, go ahead and check out top news up on MiamiDolphins.com. I'll have that updated for you guys as soon as that becomes available. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank and the Audible podcast. And of course, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up.